You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home side of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, like really sucky episodes of the Do- Doctor Who on The Doctor's Companion. Uh, the MindRobber's Versus, where we pick a show we love. We talk about it episode by episode. Currently, we're covering Batman Beyond. Uh, that's also where we talk about movies, like uh, Edgar Wright's The World's End, which just came out, and we just released that episode on that feed. So uh, go check that out. We talked about that movie for almost two hours, um, about as long as the movie itself. So uh, we had a lot to say about that one. Um, and then our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, um, any other sort of cool thing you might feel like sharing, you can email those to us at podcast.mindrobber.net. But if you want to start a discussion, I recommend going to the comments section on the post for this episode on the website. Let everyone know what you're thinking. And then most importantly, tell your friends. Uh, today we're talking about uh, the uh, David Tennant two-part episode from Series 3, uh, Daleks in Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, the New York City thing. Um, Depression era. Empire State Building. You couldn't, you couldn't even get through that? <laughs> you guys, I really hate this episode. <laughs> Is it is it is it important at all? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so okay, dogs in Manhattan. I'll, I'll blow through this really quickly so that we can get this over with because Scott has been nonstop complaining off mic about how much he doesn't want to be here. So let's get through this. Um, uh, <laughs> this story is written by Helen Rayner. It is the first writing credit for Helen Rayner on the show. She had previously written an episode of Torchwood. I think she re- wrote. Uh, I forget which one she wrote, but she wrote something in se- series one. Um, but she would go on to direct the or to to write the Centauran two parter in series four. Uh, it's directed by James Strong, who had previously directed the Impossible Planet and the Satan Pit, who would go on to direct uh, Voyage of the Damned, Partners in Crime, and uh, Planet of the Dead. Um, and the background on this is actually the thing I found most interesting about it, uh, mostly because I want to talk about it in our commentary on it. But uh, the idea was that. In the first season, Russell T. Davies had done a massive Dalek story um, set in the future. In the second season, he did one that was set in the in the present. And so he was like, well, let's set one that's set in the past. And then he went to uh, classic Doctor Who and he saw a story called Evil of the Daleks, which he was very familiar with, I'm sure. Uh, and was just like, oh, they did a Dalek story set in the past, so why can't we do a Dalek story set in the past? So he went to Stephen Moffat and said, hey, can you do a Dalek story? And Moffat was like, I don't have time. And Moffat wasn't actually supposed to write anything for this series. Um, He was in the middle of working on Jekyll. So um, 
he would eventually come back and write Blink for this season. But uh, uh, Davies is left. Uh, with, he he was really impressed with Helen Rayner's work on Torchwood. And she was a script editor for the show, uh, which means that she goes in and just like cleans the scripts and makes sure they look good or something like that. I, it's not like script editing in the classic series, um, but it is. Mm-hmm. it was like Gary Russell did it too, uh, I think, starting in series four. Um, but uh, – they uh, Helen he hired Helen Rayner and she turned in this draft and James Strong was like really excited to do a New York story so he went off to New York with a skeleton crew that didn't include David Tennant and, Mar- and Freeman Argument because they literally couldn't afford it um, and shot a bunch of New York footage which is why the New York footage quote unquote looks really good despite the fact that it's not HD uh, and they made this story and it is uh, f- fairly poorly received uh, across the board by just about everyone um uh, and that's the background and significance of it, and there's a lot to talk about. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, before we uh, dive in, uh, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, uh, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. And by pre-ordering, you can get monthly discount specials up to 75% off in some cases. Uh, but regular discounts are 40% off. Uh, and if you sh- you can ship uh, as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping regardless. Uh, so thanks to DCBService.com for sponsoring the show. Um, okay, so I think, like, I really hate the episode Fear Her a lot. Like, I think it's really dumb. But this makes this story makes me angry um, on top of being terrible. Uh, and it's really long and has no reason to be. This is I, I think this may be my vote for the worst new who story. Period. Mm. Mm. Um, I hate this. This is so awful. Mm. Um it, like, just right from the beginning, like, it's just bad because you have a story that you're calling Daleks in Manhattan and you have a teaser and you end the teaser with a pig person, a pig monster. What? There's Daleks <laughs> in the title. Show me the Daleks. Yeah. Like, don't don't wait until 15 minutes into the story before you show me your first Dalek. The story's called Daleks in Manhattan. I know that it has Daleks in it. Show me the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. And that teaser is much more effective if it's a Dalek because as it is, the teacher is just bog standard and impossibly boring because nothing happens. I mean, nothing happens in that teaser. It's a terrible teaser. I mean, it's it's just awful. I mean, it's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, how do you imagine a Doctor Who episode would start? That is exactly how this episode starts. Yeah. With characters you don't care about and a, and a monster reveal at the end. Like, yep, that you also t- don't care about. Yeah, and a <laughs> bit of tension, and it just makes you go, oh, my God, really? Like, I mean, that's yeah. all it is. And it's really, really, really dumb. And I yep. don't like it. And I don't like it. Yep. <laughs> and, speaking of, and speaking of terrible things, uh, American accents in this. Woo! Uh, yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah. So bad. Uh, pretty much across the board. I'd say the only exception would be Laszlo, who his is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, of course that might just be because he's American. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) but, but his is, his is pretty good and it's hard to tell with Tallulah because, you know, she has that, that weird New York Harley Quinn thing going on. Yes. 
Um, so it's hard to tell, but like everybody else, like Solomon, oh my God, Solomon's is awful. Um, and, uh, and then Andrew Garfield's accent keeps changing. Like it keeps going from like, it starts as a New York accent and then slowly devolves into a Midwestern accent and then a Southern accent. Yeah, he's just traveling south as it goes, which is yeah, really it's really yeah. it's really bad, which yeah. is surprising because it's so good in Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the difference five years makes apparently. Yeah, um, apparently. Yeah, because because yeah. people just get coached. I mean, like it's no different to me though than when um, what is it? Uh, uh, Nicola Bryant is in Planet of Fire, and you just look at it and you're like, oh. She's not fooling anyone. Like, yeah. she's not fooling anyone. And then all of a sudden, in the next season, she's actually much better. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a little, it's a little, it's one of those weird accent dialects where, like, British people trying to do American accents and they just, and it, and it just sounds a little off kilter, but it does sound American. Like, it, she does do that. But in the first episode, you can so tell that she's British. Um, oh, yeah. And it's a bummer. Well, it's, it's that whole thing where they, I mean, it's the same thing with, with Americans who try to do British accents. I mean, I'm sure they like, I'm sure English people hear that accent and they're just, they think the same thing that we think about their American accents. So, Mm -hmm. um, they just, they hold their R's too much and it's, and, and, or, or they're overly lazy with the dialect, not me meaning, meaning they like, they use the lazy tongue because that's what they associate with Americans and American mm-hmm. accents is that lazy tongue. And so then it makes them sound like they're Southerners. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a mess. Cause I think the problem too, uh, like the biggest problem is that in America, because it's so big, <laughs> like we have, I mean, no less than 24 dialects. <laughs> like different types of accents, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and so, and so when they say do an American accent, they're trying to come up with some sort of like generic American accent, but there's really no such thing. <laughs> um, and so it just comes off sounding like really like this weird Frankenstein accent. That's mm-hmm. just bizarre. Yeah. Um, but it's rough listening to it for two episodes. Oof. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the writing in general is really lame. Yeah. Um, everything is really standard and the dialogue is really, really lame and awful. Um, and even, even the music is bad in this because what the music does is it tries to ignore how bad the, uh, the writing is and, and, and tries to outdo the writing by saying like, this is a big heroic moment. But the problem is that the writing is so bad that it's undermining the music, making the music feel way over the top and unearned. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sticking out like a sore thumb. And it's just, it just makes for a really, just a really awful story. Just awful. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. across the board. Yeah. Nothing is clicking here. Nothing. No. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And I think that like, that's the thing about it is like, it's just, <sighs> I'm looking at this. I mean, I don't know when the last time I watched this was, but I remember not liking it the first time. And then the second, next, every subsequent time just being like, Ugh, who thought this is a good idea. Um, I am much smarter now than I was the last time I watched this. It's probably been a couple of years at this point, but uh, here's the thing. 
I've seen Evil of the Daleks. It's better than this. Like, every time that I'm looking at this, it's funny because when I was looking up the background, like, Evil of the Daleks was the touchstone for Russell T. Davies. Like, this does exactly the same thing. Like, this is just kind of a remake of Evil of the Daleks in a lot of ways, but with pig slaves. Because you have Daleks who are trying to uh, make themselves stronger, and they're using humans to do it, which is exactly what um, what Evil of the Daleks does, where it is, you know, they the Daleks steal Jamie, and they're trying to determine a human factor, and then infu- and then use the human factor to backwards engineer stronger Daleks. Like that's kind of what this is doing, and. This even has the end thing where the doctor manages to switch the solution of the Dalek problem where they're trying to fix the humans and uh, save the day through basically magic alchemy. And whereas it worked in Evil of the Daleks, I feel like here it doesn't work nearly as well. Mm-hmm. But you, but I don't know if you noticed that, but that was something that I really came back to over and over and over again as I was watching this. Just it, it, it plays a lot with those ideas, and it's just like, look, Helen mm-hmm. Rayner, I'm not saying you're a terrible writer. I'm just saying you're no David Whitaker, and Evil of the Daleks is magic. Like it is just magic, mm-hmm. uh, and this is not good for it, mm-hmm. um, and it's a bummer. I will say this though. This uh, this story just continues to prove that David Tennant can sell anything. Literally oh my God, anything. Can he sell anything? <laughs> oh my God! Can he sell anything? <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. There's a line in this that he, they they make him say that is so bad. And I mean, granted, like it's bad enough when you have David Tennant like. You have him playing the doctor and talking to one of the pig monsters and being genuinely tore up about the pig monster. Like, mm-hmm. and you're just like, you're staring at a pig monster right now, like a guy <laughs> in a pig mask, and yeah. you are selling this. I don't know how it happens, but there's one line in this. There's only one time where, where I found a chink in his armor because even I could tell he hated this line. Like, just it coming out of his mouth was killing him. There's a line where uh where he's got to crawl up the the empire state building and rip off the the Dalaganium. um which oh god <laughs> um <laughs> so awful uh it's uh anyway um he's he's going to go up there and Martha wants to come with him and he goes he goes he goes no you can't and he's like I'm sorry Martha but you're going to have to fight and it's so bad and so unbelievably out of the out of character for the doctor to mm-hmm. say something like that mm-hmm. like <laughs> i'm sorry martha but you're going to have to fight like wow um <laughs> so bad uh so bad so bad and and then like what 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 you come down to is you you come down to this scene at the end of the second episode where the doctors on top of the on top of the empire state building uh ripping off the dalek paneling to stop their evil plan uh, before the electricity hits uh the lightning hits and then you have the pig monsters riding up the elevator while martha uh spider-man and uh laszlo uh, and Tallulah. Yeah, Laszlo and Tallulah are all waiting outside the elevator to attack the pig monsters. And Martha gets the idea. She's like, oh, I have this idea. Her idea is literally to run a bunch of stuff into the direction of the open elevator so that when the pig monsters come out, the lightning will hit and then they'll all be electrocuted. 
here let me let me start to let me start to talk about how many things are wrong with this plan <laughs> like it's not it's not a solution because like you're basing your whole idea on maybe lightning will strike <laughs> your whole plan is maybe lightning will strike number 1 number 2 these things are already on their way they're in the elevator it's coming up she ha- would have no way have enough time to get this trap together to like siphon lightning into the room across the room from outside and into the elevator no way <laughs> but we literally we cut away and the doctor rips one paneling off one bit of dalek paneling off and then we cut back in and the whole trap is set and the pig monsters have only made it up 10 levels <laughs> It's obnoxious. Like, it's so <laughs> bad. And it's an it's elaborate so trap, bad. too. It's an elaborate Rube Goldbergian type trap. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, amazing. yeah. It's amazing. And, I mean, that's and that's the thing is, like, this story, like, it just feels so slapped together in, a lo- in so many places. Like, so, mm. so many places. Um, and, and... You write about, I mean, you write about, so you write about that. You write about the dialogue, which is just uniformly horrendous. The bit where Martha is single handedly responsible for murdering like four pig slaves and then goes, they used to be like Laszlo. I'm like, I literally just went, what? <laughs> like, like, that's actually the actual line of dialogue. They used to be like Laszlo. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I Martha Jones, I love you. Please don't make Martha Jones say bad lines like this. People hate yeah. her enough already. Like people hate her enough already. Yeah. Um, uh, no, and then the, the, like the editing in this is bad. Like I don't know if it's the editing or the direction or if it's even. It might even just be the screenwriting. It's uh, it's one of those steps because it's all about timing of things. That there's a lot of timing of things that are really bad. Like there's the guy who ends up becoming the the human Dalek. And they, when they turn, when, 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 uh, Dalek, uh, what's his name? Sec? Khan. Yeah, Sec. When Dalek Sec decides to turn on him, on, on the boss guy, and, uh, 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 Mr. Diagaras, is that, is that it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) the the guy in the, the guy in the pinstripe suit. Yeah, Diagoras, yeah. Diagoras. Uh, they, uh, they... They turn on him and he's like, he's like, you know, grab him, my pig slaves. I mean, he doesn't say that. He says it like a Dalek. But basically he says, grab him, my pig slaves. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. What are you going to do? And then we cut away and we do a couple of other things. And then we cut back and they're still just holding him. They've done nothing with him. <laughs> nothing. Why did you grab him at the end of the last scene? Oh, right. For quote unquote tension. That's why. <laughs> That's why you did it. Because it would be dramatic. Never mind the fact that there's n- absolutely no reason to, have, to let it happen. And then, like, the Dalek just eats him and then sucks him into the Dalek, like, capsule with it. Like, what? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I was and like, then, first. And then, we get, and then we get a human Dalek in a suit. Which... Yeah. Which, I mean, I didn't hate the first time I watched it. I mean, I'm, I, I know I'm not 
I'm not, I'm like in the minority on that, but like, I don't even think that's a terrible idea. I just think it's horribly executed. Like, I just think yeah. it's horribly, horribly executed and like kind of a waste of a good idea because watching the Dalek, watching a Dalek combined with a human, the problem is that like Dalek sec is just not terrifying. Like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing scary about him. And the reason for that is because, you know, they, they go for, well, his humanity is, is softening him up and it's just like, well, why this guy that they took over is just a ruthless, like bastard. Like, why not make him just, like, even more terrifying? And I know mm-hmm. that I know that that's not the story they're trying to tell, but the problem is that this that story is much more dramatic, I feel. Um, and it would make... I mean, like, even then, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where you would go with that, but it's, like, I, it's, a, it's a version of the story that is, I think, worth exploring to see if it would work as well. Um, mm-hmm. Because as it is, it's just, like, the Dalek sex thing, like, I just don't care about him. He's just... Like, they just do that shot where the Daleks just go in and start exterminating the, the shanty town, and you just get that shot of him just going, <gasps> and his eye go wide, and I'm just like, oh, I don't buy that. Like, which I don't buy can, that. Like, which... Can we... Okay. That happens, right? Like, w- when, when, when Solomon, like, tries to talk down the Dalek, which is the stupidest thing I've ever... Oh, God. So awful. Like, just poorly written and just oh, awful. But then when the Dalek kills him and everyone including the doctor and martha are like oh no a dalek just killed a guy this is the worst thing that's ever happened and i was like guys they're daleks are you serious we are beyond this like we're so beyond this like not not only not only have daleks been around since the second story in the show's like development ever but in the new series, they've been around since the first series. And they've had how many stories at this point? Is Three. this the fourth or fifth this story? This is their fourth story. This is their fourth story with Daleks. No one should be surprised that they kill somebody. Ridiculous. <laughs> In fact, the one thing that I find unbelievable is that they let him finish his speech. Because I'll be honest, not even a good speech. No. <laughs> Which is funny because like... I mean, this is just a, this is just an early writer thing, though, because I remember when I started writing, uh, I wrote I wrote a I gave a, I wrote a guy who loved to give big speeches, and they were terrible speeches. And the thing is, like, that's just a byproduct of early writing syndrome, where you just want to give people tons of speeches, and it's like you get one speech. Like, if you're in a new yeah. story, you get one character giving one speech in one story. That's mm-hmm. it. You can't do, mm-hmm. like, three or four story, three or four speeches unless you're Sorkin. And even then, maybe not. And, and, um, and, like, but I look at him and, like, he has a speech in the first episode where he's just like, we got a band together. And I was just like, oh, stop. Like, he's just, mm-hmm. like, proselytize. He proselytizes twice in the first one. And then the second one, he's like, we got to mount up. And then he's like, you got to not fight me, Daleks. And he's like, ah, and he dies. And I'm just like. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) He has so many speeches. It's like, stop. Stop with the speeches. I mean, I love a good speech. There's nothing like a great monologue. But stop. Like, don't do it unless it's the best goddamn speech you've ever heard. Like, don't do it. Like, Breaking Bad gets to do it. Those guys have earned it. Yeah. But, like, they work at their their speeches forever. Um, Yeah. And that's, and I mean, that's the, that's the, that's the problem with this. Um. Mm. Now, despite the fact that I do don't do not like this, I, 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 I will say that there are a couple of things that I really love, but mostly because they're really silly. The first is conspiring Daleks, because oh my god, conspiring Daleks. Oh my god, shifty eyed Daleks is my favorite. Oh, I love it so much. 
Where they're sitting in the tunnel, and the one Dalek's like, "Do you have seditious thoughts?" And the Dalek just like looks he around, looks behind him, and he checks behind him, and then turns back, and he's like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> that is that is great. That is I why. Love, oh, so good. I that love is, that. That That's is why straight up Terry Nation stuff. Oh, that is great Terry Nation. Like, oh, oh. man. That is that is that and that the best part is that is written. That is fantastic. That is Oh just, yeah. No, that that's, is fantastic. That's great and then the Dalek the Dalek Ray Tommy guns. Oh yes, those are awesome. Those are so awesome. Like <laughs> Dalek oh my god. Ray Tommy guns. Dalek Ray Tommy guns. So good. I also love I also love the bit where Laszlo reveals himself in the sewer towards the end of episode 1 and then he runs away and the doctor's just like wait and then he just kind of stops and like stands at the wall. As if that's going to hide him. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it's bothered me every time. But this time I was just like, wow, he's just playing a game of I can't see you. I can't see you. I can't see you. I can't see you. Like, it's just it's like my favorite thing because he just kind of stands there. And the doctor just kind of like walks over to him and he's just like hiding. It's like, who are you hiding from? Like, what do you think you're fooling, man? Like, what do you think is going on? Um, and then the other thing, the other thing. <laughs> That I wanted to point out is uh, apparently in the first draft of this, Laszlo was supposed to die. Um, he like Helen Rayner originally planned it that he was going to die, and then Davies read the draft was just like, no, 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 we can't do that. That's too dark. And the thing is that like in any other situation, I think I would have wanted Laszlo to die, but. Quite honestly, this story didn't earn that. Like, this story doesn't earn to have a carnage level that it kind of, that Helen Rayner apparently wanted it to have in the first draft, because it would have just felt like too much. It would have felt unearned. It would have felt like it was just like drama for drama's sake, whereas they go for like the everybody lives schmaltzy ending and it kind of ends up working. And I don't know what you thought about that, but that was the sort of thing that I realized where I was like, where I was, it's not even that I like him that much. I just think that narratively the story didn't earn that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that's the, the, those are the things that I wanted to know. And one more question. Uh, the end of this. Those are Dalek human time lords. Is that how that worked? Those were Dalek human time lords. Is that what was that what that was? Dalek doc- human time lords. Yeah, because the doctor zapped himself into the Dalekanium, zapping into the people to wake him up. Does not make them Dalek human time lords. I don't know. All I know is that. Uh, the human Dalek was a was a was a a walking Dalek with a Dalek face, and and then the 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 so called Dalek humans, the ones that were supposedly all Dalek, just looked like humans that were walking around, mm. um, and they still had their accent. <laughs> it was the worst thing. It was just the worst. Um, <sighs> It was. It's awful. Like yeah. this is so awful. Well, I mean, it's bad, and you can tell that it's not even done well because, like, I remember that one of the things that really I loved about Smith and Jones, for example, is that Smith and Jones he's like, "All right, I'll take you to the past," and then he's like, "Okay, I'll take you on one trip to the future because I like you so much." And then all of a sudden, they do Daleks in Manhattan, and they're just like, "Whatever," like, "Who cares?" And I'm just like, "Hang on, hang on, hang on." You did that with no explanation. And it doesn't really make sense. And they, they actually wrote a scene that explained it, but they cut it because they weren't able to shoot it. But it's just like, no, you you kind of you kind of messed up because it really just it feels like a non-adventure because it doesn't fit into the narrative of Martha's story over the season, which further screws over Martha Jones for this entire season. And it's a bummer. And I don't know if you've noticed Martha. that. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you'd notice that, but it just makes it so that this uh, this story sucks because I don't care because it doesn't fit into the larger narrative of Martha Jones. 
No, it does. You're 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 right because I watching this, I hadn't really realized that it was the fourth and fifth episode. Yeah. So it really doesn't make any sense here at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but and the best part is there's no other place to put it. Like because yeah. this is still too early for Martha to like have joined the Doctor really. But it also doesn't address any of those things either because the Doctor is treating her like she's a full fledged companion. But at this point, Martha isn't a full fledged companion. She feels a lot. She's a lot closer in these early pre-Lazarus experiment episodes to Clara where Clara is kind of like a I don't know wishy-washy companion um not to throw that one under the bus again but I mean it just <laughs> but I mean that's what that's what it kind of looks like and it ends up making the story just really suck in the grander scheme of the Martha season where like you know she's just screwed like she's just completely screwed she has three great great stories then she has three terrible stories then she has a story that isn't about her, a story that doesn't feature her, and then a three-parter that caps off the season. And it's such it's such a bloody waste. Like, it's such a bloody waste of a great character. Um, and she's so yeah, good. She's I, so I good. Really, it really bums me out that she was only for a season. It yeah. really does. Yeah. Because I, I love her, and, and I know most people don't. Um, had this conversation with lots of people they a lot of people do not understand my my thing with rose where i'm just like man rose i guess she's fine um (laughs) (laughs) uh, most people don't understand that uh because most people like rose is their favorite and i just um i don't know i I really think martha got the short stick because i think she could have been phenomenal Mm -hmm. oh yeah but well i mean i she is phenomenal she's just given a terrible season like yeah. she's just given a terrible season and you know, she's the one who's after the one that everyone loves. Like it's just, she is handed the worst part of everything. And like, if you just look at her, like she does amazing work, she does amazing work and it's mm-hmm. a bummer and it's a bummer and it's a bummer. Also, this has got to be the worst disc of the entire doctor who new series run. Because I mean, I, I finished the second episode and I was like, Oh, Lazarus experiment. I guess I could watch that again, but I didn't really have any desire to, and 42 wasn't really that great. So it's like, <laughs> these two, then Lazarus, then 42, that's a terrible disc. That's Oof, a, te- that that's is a terrible disc. Yeah. Yeah. That's really rough. Yeah. It's a bummer. Oh, all right. Well, that's that's that. No, but seriously, um, how good is David Tennant? Like, so good. So good. Like, the part where he just goes, where he's just like, what? what is the Scarrow is amazing. Like, yeah. that is why he's my favorite doctor. It's because he can oh, pull off so moments good. like that. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Um, all right. So before we continue, this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition. Uh, and and right now, um, you can for forty five percent off, you can get all of the IDW's Doctor Who stuff. Where they're doing a fiftieth anniversary sale at InStockTrades.com. Um, everything that IDW's published from Doctor Who, it's all forty five percent off. Um. So uh, go go buy some Doctor Who comics. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> um, go there, get get that, and then you can get, look check out everything else, um, which ranges between thirty five to forty five percent off. Um, then uh, new release specials of fifty percent off every week. And remember, all orders over fifty dollars get free shipping. So thanks to InStockTrades.com. Go there and buy some Doctor Who books. Next week, John Pertwee in the frontier in space. Yes, indeed. The uh, um, the story in which in every episode he is captured in a different holding cell. I am looking forward to that. It's gonna be it's gonna be something. I love the frontier in space. I love frontier in space, but uh, uh, it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not perfect. 
Um, Fair enough. We're also going to be discussing Spore, which is the Eighth Doctor uh, ebook. Oh yeah, right. Written by Alex Scarrow, so that'll be interesting. I guess. I guess that one. I, I don't remember if that one even has a companion. Um, I don't think. It, I don't think it does. If it does, it has Grace it as a companion, which is really weird. Um, yeah, she was the <laughs> companion in the uh, Prisoners of Time story. God, that's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> so bizarre. It's funny though. <laughs> it is funny. Was she like, "Oh, Doctor, I just want to kiss you right now"? No, wasted opportunity. Also, she wouldn't have a British accent. She's American. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> I realized that halfway through me being British, I was just like, wow, that's my Doctor Who impression, y'all. <laughs> Everyone's British. It's like it's like the end of uh, Doctor Dances. Everybody lives. Everybody's British. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 yeah, and then on the other side um, of Frontier in Space, we're doing Planet of the Dead, which is a Tenth Doctor story, also directed by James Strong. <laughs> and then uh, the Crotons, which is the Second Doctor story, the first Doc uh, Robert Holmes story, which is going to be hmm. fun. And then Father's Day, which is the Ninth Doctor story, written by Paul Cornell, which will also include the Ninth Doctor ebook novella, which will be announced uh, tomorrow after this episode has come out. So, that's oh wow, fun. yeah, oh my god, I can't wait to find that out. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. Uh, Interesting. It'll be really great. Be really, yeah. really great. No. All right. Well, Woo. in the mean, in the meantime, go check out our other podcasts. Uh, the 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 mind robbers. Um, what what have we been doing lately? Uh, studying pilots. We've been we've been watching pilots. We've been talking about them. We've been studying them. Um, we've been doing that. We've got movies. Uh, last week, uh, last week we talked about Europa Report. Yes. That was last week, wasn't it? Jeez. Long week. Um, this week we're talking about Paul uh, just as a, you know, a point in the conversation, the overall Edgar Wright conversation, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost conversation. Um, part of that whole thing. Because that, uh, that was the period in time where they split off and they went and did separate things. Um, they, did, they did Paul and then he did Scott Pilgrim. So it's interesting. It's interesting. Um, uh yeah so we're we're gonna be talking about that this week uh and then speaking of the world's end definitely go and check that out and then of course all of our batman beyond coverage on the mind robbers versus um and then you could uh you could follow me on twitter i guess twitter.com slash scott corelli or uh, scott commentary where we are gonna live tweet something and it is gonna be legendary oh my god i can't wait <laughs> uh, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash gunganin, also my alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash commentary, where I live tweet things. Also, my blog, classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where I got some really nice feedback this week. Thanks to whoever did that. Uh, that was nice of you. I know, it was, I know it might not have probably been any of the listeners, but in case you're listening, thank you. You're appreciated. Uh, unfortunately, mm. this story is not covered over on the blog, but I'll tell you. Frontier in Space is. So enjoy Frontier in Space when uh, when we talk about that in my thoughts over there. It'd be great. Classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com. Y'all. Nice. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you next week with uh, John Curley and Frontier in